Thundergrunt Podcast Network. Giving your significant other chocolates, flowers, and being nice for one day out of the year just doesn't make sense to me. You should just kind of do that all the time, every day. Curioso. A curioso is someone who inquires in esoteric matters. A collector of knowledge. Joe, we just had our burn supper yesterday, mm-hmm. and so we've passed that holiday finally. Yeah, and we had uh, yeah, we had some friends over. We had uh, uh, Tony uh, El Tigre, mm-hmm. uh, uh, our our buddy, over. Yeah. Both personalities. Both. Uh, yeah. We had our uh, our friends uh, Joel and Lars mm-hmm. from Hobo Radio. Yeah, and uh, our friend Holly came mm-hmm. over and mm-hmm. of course Dana was there and mm-hmm. our buddy Scott was there. Yeah. And we had a, a, an amazing time and I drank too much whiskey. <laughs> yeah, I think everybody drank too much whiskey. Yeah, but yeah. I especially drank yeah. too much. Uh, <laughs> we of course had the traditional haggis mm-hmm. and the neeps and tatties. Yeah. Uh, and they were delicious and Joe you made some scotch eggs. I made two different kinds of scotch eggs, a vegetarian version and a traditional sausage. Scotch egg. And they were amazing. Mm-hmm. And I want to thank you, uh, to a little big thank you out to Dana for cooking cooking the haggis oh, yeah. again this year. And uh, Joel brought some, uh, the meat pies? Birdie pies. Birdie pies, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. So good. Um, my lady friend made this, like, chocolate fudge thing with uh, Scottish cookies and scones all crumbled yeah, in. Yeah, she called it like Scottish fusion Scottish fudge. Fusion, yeah. She doesn't think that they use peanut butter in anything. <laughs> right. That was pretty funny. Mm-hmm. So we had a huge uh, plethora, a smorgasbord of Scottish treats and delights. And uh, we don't forget that I brought some of my homemade Applejack that I made. Oh, that was... Totally frozen homemade Applejack, yeah. That was probably my favorite thing the entire night was that. It was, it was, I it was pretty good. I could have not touched that whiskey at all. I wish I didn't touch that whiskey at all. <laughs> <laughs> but that Applejack was awesome. It was, it was good. Thank you. Mm-hmm. But anyway, it's on to the next holiday. Yeah. That's what we're here to talk about. And since February is right around the corner, Mm -hmm. and uh, it's going to be here by the time this thing airs. Oh, yeah. That's right. Yeah. Right around the corner, we have Valentine's Day. Aw, Valentine's Day. All about love and relationships. And birds and bees and heart-shaped candy things. Oh yeah, and uh, we're gonna get we're gonna get to those a little later too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, chocolates are a big thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, what flowers? Yeah. Are, are a big thing in flowers in the, for yeah. Valentine's Day. Getting shot in the butt by a little <laughs> cherub. A little cherub, yeah. Right. Uh huh. With a with a, with an arrow. A heart shaped yeah. arrow. Head. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Of course. That seems like that would really really hurt. Yeah, I would think so. It's not I mean, aero aerodynamic at all. I I don't know. I mean. You know, recently there was a, uh, on the new, there, there's a, a Cupid that's in, like, air, like the Green Arrow. Okay. He has an adversary named Cupid, oh. who is completely in love with him, Uh-oh. and and follows him around, and... Does he know, wear the, the little diaper thing? No, no, it's a girl. Oh, it's and a she girl. Goes Does by she wear Cupid. a diaper? No. Well, maybe. I mean, <laughs> it's, you know, hard to tell. I, I, mean, haven't, I haven't seen that I think that the one. suit's pretty, pretty thin, oh, you know what I mean? Oh. So it's really... Kind of hard to hard to tell, but I mean, maybe she's got one 
you know, right. shoved in there in that yeah. outfit. <laughs> Who knows? History traces the origin of Valentine's Day to the ancient Roman Empire, to a festival called Lupercalia. I hope I'm saying that right. Uh, the Feast of Lupercalia. It was basically a fertility festival, and it was to honor Juno, the queen of the Roman gods and goddesses. And Not Ellen Page. No, not, not Ellen Page. <laughs> what was she in X-Men? She was uh, Kitty Pride. That's it, Kitty Pride. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. The Romans also regarded Juno as the goddess of women and marriage, and probably death and murder and beer. <laughs> because probably they're, they're just everything they're, yeah, they're yeah. all yeah we've talked about this many times <laughs> the god or goddess of trees and death and beer <laughs> that's really like that's like the south american like mayan gods though mm, they're like yeah. they're like of this and death yeah, and, and death. like every single well, one the of the Romans did, did a lot of the same thing. They, 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 I don't know. I thought they were pretty clear cut with most of their. I uh, know because they all like <laughs> were of like five things: the god of water, fire, monkeys, you know, bananas, and death. Like it was like okay. they all had like five things that they were in charge of, and well, none of them made any sense. <laughs> Following the feast of Lupercalia, young boys and girls who were otherwise were strictly separated, on the eve of the festival, the young Roman girls would write slips of paper and place them in jars. And then the young boys would draw out the girl's name from the jar, and they were paired together for the duration of the festival. So it's kind of a neat little, like, uh, you know, put your name in a hat, and some other random person takes your name from a hat, and you are a quote-unquote, couple for the festival. It sounds sort of like... Um, it's like super speed dating. Yeah, it also sounds kind of like a Secret Santa sort of thing. Secret Santa dating. You know? There you yeah. go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Same thing. So they just they just hung out for the whole festival? Yeah, basically. It was, it was a, because it was a fertility festival, a love festival, and hopefully some of them made connections that would fall in love and then... And then could be get married. married. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so it was a, it was a way of bringing people together, I guess. And the the custom lasted for quite a long time until the um, rise of Christianity kind of take, took over, uh, and a lot of people felt that the custom was unchristian, and that people mates should choose uh, their partner based on sight and feeling and not luck. Like pulling a name out of a hat, or plenty of fish, or or that, yeah, or what, what, what yeah. the other ones? I don't know. Christian those. mingle, right? And exactly. uh, you know all those other things. Mm-hmm. I was, uh, you know, I haven't played any kind of role playing game in a really long time, mm-hmm. but I always wanted to uh, play uh, a role playing game again, and I was going to have you know my elf be named Christian Mingle. <laughs> That's hilarious. So Saint Valentine, he was a uh, or, or well, Did you he say wasn't Saint a Saint Valentine. Valentine. Okay. I said, oh, don't you be the Valentine's <laughs> police on me, Joe? <laughs> Come on now. But no, it was us. It, it is Valentine. Yes. So uh, the Valentine was a Roman priest. Yes. Uh, and it was at a time where an emperor named Claudius. Uh, he persecuted the church at that particular time. The problem was is that he prohibited marriage of young people. He didn't want 
that people getting married until they were much older. And the reason why was because he needed soldiers for his armies to increase his empire. Right. He didn't. He basically didn't want them to have wandering thoughts. They want. He wanted their brains to be on the task at hand, which namely was killing people. So if he had to worry, if the soldier had to worry about his family right. back at home and right. what was going to happen to them, right. he, you know, basically they, you know, some would go AWOL, you know, well, yeah, some would they, leave and they basically, didn't want that to happen. Yeah, they basically wanted uh, their soldiers to eat, sleep, and breathe army, mm-hmm. the military, yeah. you know, Rome. For Rome. Exactly, in the name of Rome. In the name of Rome. <laughs> Polygamy was uh, a big thing at the time as well, uh, and instead the Christian faith instilled a one-man, one-woman kind of edict for people. It was a, a, a like a, a sacred pact that you entered with, with one other person. So Valentine was encouraging young people to marry, and he was actually marrying them going against the, 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 the Rome at the time. Claudius going the against second. Claudius. Yeah. He was eventually caught, imprisoned, and tortured for, for performing these marriage ceremonies mm-hmm. against the Emperor Claudius II. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are legends surrounding Valentine's actions while in prison. One thing is that he was spending some time with a man called Astraeus. Astraeus was supposed to be judging him for his for his terrible acts of marrying people going okay. against the, the emperor at the time. But his daughter had fallen uh, blind and... Valentine actually spent time praying with her and seemed to have fixed her problem. Uh, in this astonishing effect, Astraeus himself became an, a, a Christian mm. as a result of that. And then in 269 AD, Valentine was sentenced uh, to a three-part execution of beating, stoning, and finally being decapitated. Wow. Because of his stand. <laughs> yeah, yeah, three, three-part. <laughs> wow. Yeah, three-part three execution there. Jeez. So they didn't do anything very nicely back in 269. No, yeah, they only had to make sure the job was done. Yeah. Wow. The uh, the last thing that he had re- wrote was a note to Astraeus's daughter, and he signed it, From Your Valentine, which in- inspired today's romantic little the cards. notes, the cards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was kind of, that was kind of how that came about. Well, but he was basically signing it as, as I would, you know, yours truly... You know, Joe. Yeah. But his name just happened to be you know, Valentine. Valentine. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's, you know, so that, yeah, that's kind of how it came about. So he was, uh, he was known to be the patron saint of lovers. A lot of, uh, you know, priests today, when they, they talk about St. Valentine, it isn't necessarily, even though he's the patron saint of love and of lovers, it's not necessarily always just about love and marriage. Right. It's also, you know, love of God and, and you know, that sort of thing. Church so and state. Yeah. <laughs> it's, well, he's he was you know he was a martyr for his cause, right? So right. that I mean that's why you know and of course performing his miracles that he did and and that sort of thing of course made him become a saint. And there are also different versions of the uh, Saint Valentine legend as well. Uh, there's another version where uh, he was killed because he was attempting to help Christians escape from Roman prisons. And there's another version where while in prison, uh, Valentine, or as the Romans would say, Valentinus, mm-hmm. he fell in love with the jailer's daughter. So by the Middle Ages, Valentine assumed the image of a heroic romantic figure, uh, romantic figure 
amongst the masses in England and France. Later, when Christianity spread through Rome, the priests moved Lupercalia from February 15th to February 14th. And Pope Galatius declared February 14th St. Valentine's Day to honor the martyr St. Valentinus and to end the pagan celebration. Oh, yeah, because that's all the holidays to, well, end, and Luper- to end the pagan celebration. Well, that's what they considered uh, Lupercalia yeah. was a more pagan version. And then the rise of Christianity was like, whoa, what are you doing with your, <laughs> your hats and your names and your twigs and your fruit? No, your this has twigs to, and your berries. <laughs> twigs and berries. <laughs> this has to be strictly by the books, by the church's book. So let's get rid of this uh, pagan, you know, celebration and put the old stamp of the church on there. So it may be coincidence, but during the Middle Ages, people in England and France also held a belief that birds started to look for their mates between those those months of February and March. Oh, and that February fourteenth would kind of like the middle of the month, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, that was like the chosen day. I guess it had to do with the older pagan uh, celebrations with Lupercalia and stuff like that. You know, it's the love is in the air and all that stuff. But people thought that spawning that would happen with the birds coincided with that time. Just a neat little coincidence. You know? Yeah, yeah. So that that's kind of the birds and the bees sort of thing. Exactly. Right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, them twigs and berries. So one of the other, I guess, characters that you think of besides St. Valentine mm. is, uh, you know, for this kind of season, right. is Cupid. So, sure. you know, the, the little cherub. And we kind of already talked about uh, the Cupid of the Green Arrow mm-hmm. and uh, that she was she was just on the Arrow show this uh, past uh, season. Yeah, I, or, well, the first half. Yeah. I know, well, you, you know. You'll give them to me on a thumb drive, and I'll watch them eventually. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> but I can't, I just can't help myself, like, like, I've never been a huge TV watcher. Right. But I have fallen in to all this, like, Marvel and I, DC stuff, I, know, you know? I mean, I love the comics. Some of the movies are really, really good. Some are yeah. really bad. Um, but... I, just because I'm not an avid TV watcher, mm-hmm. it's hard for me to be at one spot at a certain time to watch a show. It's yeah, just, but it's not in me. I, I understand, <laughs> but also I have Netflix, so and you know, yeah. eventually when yeah. it just shows up on there, I can mm-hmm. get the whole thing. But right, but yeah, I just like I was a comic book reader as a kid, so mm-hmm. I just cannot help myself but oh, to yeah. watch all these shows. <laughs> yeah. I, it's it's so great. Yeah, but uh, okay, so, so back Cupid, to, back to yes, Cupid, back okay. to the chubby little cherub. So. But uh, basically, so Cupid is the Roman name, and also his Greek counterpart would be Eros. Okay. Now, in the uh, the Roman, he was the son. Cupid's mother was uh, Venus, and then of course the Greek would be Aphrodite, mm. uh, and the father would be Mercury. Uh, so, but it, it's kind of strange because they it, they really seem like they're almost completely the same character. They are. Yeah. No, that, that's the thing between the, the Romans and the Greeks mm-hmm. is that the Romans pretty much were like, hey, you got some nice gods over there. Uh, we're we're going to borrow, borrow them, them. Yeah. <laughs> and just rename them. You know, they're just rebranding the same god. Now, uh, Eros uh, was represented at a, as a handsome immortal who was irresistible to both man and gods. So kind of like Aphrodite. He's, yeah, you know, yeah. he's another 
He's a lover, not a fighter. That's right. He, even if he has those bows and arrows. But he had a, a golden uh, golden arrows, and it was said that when if he shot you with them, they would arouse desire and the leaden arrows to ignite uh, aversion. So he could, he could, yeah, he had lead yeah, arrows I'm just try, I'm, or I'm gold to, arrows. I mean, I know that's some people's shtick is to, you know, get a little beat up and then you get all hot and bothered, you know. <laughs> Sometimes it takes an arrow, you know, to get you all the way where you got to get to go, you know? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. It's a little pleasure with your pain. Or okay. a little pain with your pleasure, I guess. Right. You know what right. I mean? Wait, no, no. So the lead and arrows, he basically were like, you two should not be together. Boom! You know <laughs> right. what I mean? He's like, like you old, two. The old Bugs Bunny cartoon yeah. sound effect. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, you two, you definitely need to be together. Mm. And then they'd be like, oh, we're so in love. So that's <laughs> right. kind of, yeah. Because they had the same arrow? Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, yeah. The, so if, that's where that's where I get Aversion, confused. he shoots them with lead arrows, okay. which is kind of creepy. You're worried that you they're going to get lead, lead poisoning. poisoning. Yeah. yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Getting, like, stabbed with a pencil mm-hmm. kind of thing. But then the golden arrows were to have people fall back in love. Okay. Gotcha. But what if, what if he shot three golden arrows by accident, and then you just have a menage a trois? It's... Uh, it's called polyamory, Joe. Oh, yeah. And we're not going to do <laughs> gonna an episode about that. on that. Not yet. So uh, th- there's been sort of different times he's looked a little bit different. Uh, back in the Greek and Roman times, he actually was kind of a slender young boy. Here, yeah, there's a there's a picture of him. And, oh, nice. And nice. that is with his, his wife, uh, Psyche. And there's this mm. whole story uh, about Psyche. He fell in love with her, but she never got to see him during the day, and he kind of shied away from... I, I don't know how you can get married and never, ever see the person, but... Um, uh, back in the Greek and Roman times, that happened a lot. Yeah. So yeah. he would just show up in the middle of the night and be like, hey, baby, what's right. going on? This you like these arrows? missions. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I mean, I, you know, but she didn't know that he was a god, and you know, it, right? And, and then Aphrodite got all, got all pissed off, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? And as she and would put her through some different trials, kind of like mm-hmm. the Hercules trials. There yeah. was there was four of them, and then of course, like the end one, she had to go. To, I mean, there, there's a whole big long story, and if you want to read it, yeah, it's called uh, 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 Eros and Psyche. Okay. So uh, I kind of got through some of it, but it was it was a little rough. It's quite. Long. I kind of read the cliff notes. <laughs> right. So, but anyway, uh, so when he was you know depicted there, he was a kind of a slender you know young looking boy, yeah. extremely beautiful. You know what I mean? And, and then he, of course he had the the, he has wings, the wings like, like angels. Yeah, but he has his wings are, are rather dainty. Yeah. You know, and you'd think just by aerodynamics alone, he wouldn't be able to fly with those tiny little, you know. Bird wings. Well, it's really the anti-gravity belt, like Hawkman. Is it that way? Yeah. Okay. So, you know what I mean? That right. really makes it happen, I, I, I think. Okay. The nth metal kind yeah. of thing. <laughs> yeah. So, right. uh, and then, uh, you know, later on, during kind of the, the Renaissance, medieval, you know, medieval times and the Renaissance, he started being a little bit different. He started looking like the kind of cherub that we know. Like he started a getting fat s- little baby. Like a fat little baby. Yeah. Yeah. yeah with, uh, with the arrows and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, I mean... I think you know, you know, he's got the diaper and everything like that. Mm-hmm. And it really, kind of a, a little bit like Baby New Year with some bow and arrows. Yeah, yeah, very close. Know? I personally like the chubbier, younger version of Cupid. 
Yeah, but he just looks like a little baby with a bow and arrow. It looks kind of scary. You it, know? It's kind of that uncanny valley of, you know, this baby has a bow and arrow. <laughs> it just doesn't seem quite right. And I think he just why is pooped. He, why is he walking around with all that lead? <laughs> lead arrows. Diaper. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> This is Diane. And this is Denise. Of the History Goes Bump podcast. And when we aren't regaling people with our tales of haunted historic places, we are satisfying our curious appetites with the Curioso podcast. So Joe, uh, uh, one of the things that I always think about when it comes to Valentine's Day is 12 long stem roses. Why is that? Well, it's actually, uh, that's, it's kind of weird. The, the whole red roses means I love you. It's just a, a, it's a very significant uh, the, love. The language of flowers. Yes, the right. language of flowers. In right. fact, uh, so there, there are different kinds of rose symbolism. Mm-hmm. You have your white roses associated with uh, virginity and innocence. So when you send someone that, that's you know you would send them r- roses, say after they had a baby or something like that. So you wouldn't send them to like your grandma. Y- exactly. Okay. Uh, your red roses say "I love you" are and they're a symbolic of unconditional love. Uh, they also stand for courage and respect, deep feelings of love to a very special person. So you wouldn't send those to your senator. Uh, no. Okay. I definitely I'm wouldn't. Just trying to. Stay within the wheelhouse. Yeah. So pink roses are grace, sophistication, elegance. That would be, you know, somebody, you know, love, admiration. Like um, a friend, maybe? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Maybe, okay. you know, a congratulatory sort of thing. Okay. You know, your yellow roses express jealousy and infidelity. Ooh. So I wouldn't send those to my grandma. Yeah. They also <laughs> evoke a finishing of love. Uh, so I mean, there's there's all different kinds of you know, there's lavender roses as well, mm-hmm. and they are they're they're kind of close to like the blue rose, but they're not, mm-hmm. um, you know. And then of course you know you have dead roses, uh, which just means it's over. <laughs> so you definitely wouldn't have sent those to your yeah. grandmother. <laughs> so there's and then there's like different like different striped roses and things like that too. Right, and all the so, scientifically genetically altered yeah roses. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's also uh, a lot of flowers too. Sometimes are are dipped in food coloring. Yes, kind no, of not like dipped. No, no. All you do is you cut the 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 stem. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you put food coloring in the water, and when you put the the flowers in the water with the food coloring, yeah, the flowers do what they do, and they, they suck, suck up. up the water. Yeah. But the great thing about the petals is they have those little the 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 membranes with the veins inside mm-hmm. that draws up that food coloring, and it changes the color of the petals. And that I believe that also works with celery, mm-hmm. if you want to change it to make it look like rhubarb. Okay. But uh, but I wouldn't I wouldn't say you should probably send celery uh, long stem celeries twelve long stem yeah, celery stalks yeah, yeah I wouldn't that's unless but, you're making a lot of bloody marys yeah yeah yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> call back to the bloody mary episode. <laughs> right so really became a big thing during the Victorian era basically you know in London Manhattan places like that it was hard to get roses you had to you know send out for them from, yeah, from far yeah. away. Well, and you, so, had, you had heirloom roses mm-hmm. where those were au naturel. There was no tampering with them. 
and those were very sought after for a, a long, long time. Mm-hmm. And then you had, you know, very uh, singular species where, again, they became very sought after. So yeah, people would go far and wide to find these crazy, ridiculous, you know, flowers for any reason, but it really became sort of synonymous with uh, the Valentine's uh, aspect and the love and all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. All that good stuff. All that good there you st- go. It, I mean, That's scientific stuff. joke. It's good stuff. Right? <laughs> it can be good stuff. So also the idea of giving 12 flowers, specifically a dozen, also can relate to the Zodiac and the 12 symbols of the Zodiac. Really? It also, yeah, also uh, the, the 12 months of the year. So one year is made out of 12 months. So a bouquet of 12 roses is a popular item uh, of a one-year wedding anniversary oh. or some other celebration that happens one time a year. Nice. Nothing some, to do with the 12 monkeys. Uh, well, I mean, if you can keep all 12 monkeys in a nice little bouquet, I guess that would be <laughs> fine. Be awesome. Actually, th- uh, who is it? Think Geek? And I, we don't get any money from them, but I just I wanted wish. to mention this. Yeah, <laughs> but Think Geek, uh, every year they, they have this thing where you can buy like little plush kitties, uh-huh. like a 12 long stem plush kitties. Nice. It's, it's, it's really kind of funny. <laughs> so, but you know, uh, of course, you know, uh, the 12 also being significant, uh, and just kind of. If you remember during our 13th episode, you know, 13 uh, being like the unlucky number, 12, yeah. it would be a lucky number as well as being a number meaning a whole. Right. Something completely a whole. Right. So, you know, giving someone 12 roses as compared to, say, one or two or something like that, it also means you completely, complete me. You make me whole. Oh, so it's nice. it's just, it's a, you know, it, it also, I think it's just a nice, nice even number. It is, you yeah. Know? But when they're like three bucks a pop, it's not really that Well, nice. and you know, here's, <laughs> it's actually kind of crazy because I found a little bit about that. Now this, uh, I found an article from 2011 and normally uh, during that year, mm-hmm. uh, it was about a buck five for each rose. Right. Okay. Just any time during the year, a buck five or mm-hmm. so. Um, now they... Uh, during this uh, during this time of year, talking you know around February. F- in February, right, they go up almost double the price. Oh yeah, like two oh seven for a stem. Supply now, and demand. Now this was in two thousand eleven. Uh, so the, so uh, the article also quotes in two thousand and ten, it was a buck seventy five. Mm. So I mean, it's even gone up you know more than a quarter. Oh yeah, you know, yeah. like thirty in- inflation, thirty five cents or so. Yeah. Cost you know. of living, inflation. Uh, the price of rice in China, and the price of flowers. Well, actually, it, you know, there's a lot of work that goes into it. You have, you know, the growers, they you all use manual labor mm-hmm. because you can't uh, kind of think about ice wine. You you can't do that because you're going to, you wheat, know, big lose all the petal, and, petals. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's not like you're harvesting wheat. Right. You know, right. they actually have to be hand cut and, and you know, tr- and also the transportation cost because a lot of the, the roses are coming from Colombia and Ecuador mm-hmm. uh, is, you know, where they have big rose harvests. Right. Um, you know, you, we have some, you know, in, you know, California and things right. and places Florida. like that. You know, but, you know, you have the whole cargo space because, you know, once you have the roses, it's not like you can sit them on top of each other. Right. Because you know, you'll completely crush them. My mother has several rose bushes mm-hmm. and they take a long time to grow, to grow. Yeah. So, I mean, they are, you know, they're very, very hardy and they'll last, you know, through several, several winters and come back every year. Mm-hmm. But even still, they are very, they take a long time. 
for that bud to form and then to bloom. And they only last, you know, a month or two and then they're gone again. So yeah, it, it can be very time consuming and a lot of physical, tactile work. Uh, so a lot of people, because roses are in such high demand at this time, mm. a lot of people suggest other things, you know, such as tulips or, but basically the whole point is, is that, uh, you know, yes, roses signify love. Okay. Right. Yes, they, they, they mean something. And, you know, back in the Victorian era, era, they were so expensive. It meant that, you know, that you were going to spend that much money on someone. You obviously cared about them. Ugh. But I know, I know. <laughs> this is Joe hates this. But the whole point is that there's other, like, geraniums are beautiful. You know, there's so many other different beautiful flowers out there. Go get your wife or your girlfriend or your boyfriend or whoever that you're going to buy some flowers. Mm -hmm. Get them something else. Yeah. Be unique. Yeah. You know, make them something. And a lot of the time, uh, you know, there's been uh, 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 some polls. One of the polls that I read online also said that women typically like pink roses over red roses anyway. Hmm. So another wonderful thing that happens uh, at this time of year is poetry. Now, I'm not going to recite any poetry. Well, yeah, I might. But it's a really, really nice thing to do for someone, you know, mm -hmm. is to... Uh, write a sonnet, a poem, a song about them, for them. I just want to let you know that I told my wife that I used to write poetry when I was in high school, mm -hmm. and she laughed at me. And why, why are you laughing at <laughs> no, me? Because I shared that moment with Dana, and oh, we both yeah. giggled. Yeah. So. Well, and then a, a lot of the time, I turned all the songs into uh, Wasted City lyrics. That's true. So, or that old band. True. Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> at least I was able to use them for something. Mm hmm So one of the earliest surviving Valentine poems uh, dates back to the 15th century, uh, and it was written by Charles, the Duke of Orleans, uh, to his wife. Is it or like Orleans? Orleans, yes. The, so sorry. the Duke of Orleans. The Duke of Orleans. Mm -hmm. Duke, 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 Duke of Orleans, 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 <laughs> Duke of Orleans. And the poem was, Je suis déjà d'amour, Tani, matresse, dolce, Valentine. Which basically means, I'm already sick of love, my very gentle Valentine. <laughs> so he was already done. <laughs> but there are a, a myriad of writers and poets Throughout the millennium, people like Shakespeare wrote a lot of poetry. A lot of poetry. I wrote a lot of poetry. Yeah, but his was good. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just saying, like, it goes back to uh, you don't need to buy tons of things and spend exorbitant amounts of money. Write a poem. Chris did. Yeah. I mean, it's the thought that counts, not Dan's the actual. still married to me. Yeah, it's the thought that counts, not the actual <laughs> poem, because those weren't very good. <laughs> All right, Joe, one of the major things that I always think about this time of year, just kind of like around Halloween, mm -hmm. you have your your traditional, you know, Ghosties high, high fructose uh, corn syrup, oh, those, uh, yeah. candy corns, mm -hmm. right? Well, this time of year, I always think about chalk hearts. Chalk hearts, right? I don't Isn't think it? about chalk hearts. No, man, that's exactly. You know, they they say little 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 things on them. Be mine, you know, sweet Valentine, all this stuff. And uh, I brought. Yeah, you. I did. brought some along. You brought a whole baggie of a these. Whole things. bag. So these are uh, these are uh, called conversation hearts. Okay. Okay. Uh, so of course, mine here is green, and it says "Melt Me." 
So mine says hashtag love. Oh, really? Hashtag love? Yeah. Hashtag oh, I'm love. sorry. It doesn't say melt me. It says melt my heart. Oh. With that little heart. Wah, so wah, wah. Uh, these sweet little candy hearts uh, that you know we think of today, filling up your store store aisles along mm-hmm. with the little cards in February. They got their start around the time of the Civil War. The original little candies were called cockles. The reason that they're called... <laughs> well, Sorry, What's so funny about that? <laughs> just... Well, cockles are known... Uh, they're, they're, cockles are what they call clams in, yeah, they're, uh, in they're England, clam. yeah. right? So they, they were basically kind of not clam-shaped. Clam-shaped. They, weren't, they, were, they were kind of like a, like a little... Like a little cup, sort oh, of. Okay. okay. So, but they were actually a little bit more like what you know what we think about today. You know, when we get Chinese food, and you have the little fortune cookie, the little fortune cookie, right, from San Francisco. Exactly. They were they they were made of uh, sugar and and flour, uh-huh. and they had little sayings, but they were printed on a thin piece of paper rolled up on the inside of the shell shaped candy. Oh, okay. Nice. So they were a little bit they were a little bit different back then. Yeah. And it wasn't until uh, a New England confectionery company, Necco, N E C C O, uh, began uh, printing little sayings on these little hearts. Mm-hmm. And that happened during the 1860s. Uh, they became popular at weddings. Uh, they, you know, and, and of course, you know, during Valentine's Day. Hmm. Uh, they were called conversation hearts. Uh, and they, they, well, they changed to com- be called conversation hearts in 1902 hmm. uh, when the company started printing the little sayings. And uh, the shapes, they had different shapes at the time. Really? Uh, they were, yeah, they were uh, postcards, baseballs, horseshoes, watches, and the sayings were updated every single year. Hmm. Uh, and they were used in creative crafts and as cake decorations. And yeah. of course, Valentine's Day gifts. Hmm. So, and uh, so we're, we're going to have to taste test these, Joe. And you also brought in, okay. Oh, oh, so hard on my teeth. They, they are very, very tough. And chalky. Um, when I was growing up, we didn't have flavors. They were all one. No, weird... they were all just sugar flavored. <laughs> yeah, the weird sugar flavor. Mm-hmm. Uh, you brought the bag with the uh, multi pack. Yeah, the flavored pack. Yeah, my this green one is definitely like a green apple. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've got an orange. Yeah. Actually, it tastes like orange. Pretty good. Really? Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm going to do a yellow one here. This says "best day." So <laughs> what, is, what does I don't that know. mean? It's the best day. It's I'm the guessing best it's gonna be ever. no. I thought it was banana. It's lemon. <laughs> oh, that's what you get. Woo. And I, I just I love it when the the print goes off, and it just says "Let love cover." <laughs> <laughs> you can't even read it. Oh, I I got a blue one here, and this says "Best Day" too. Oh, nice. Apparently, it's my best day. Oh, mine says one four three. One four three. What does that mean? I have no clue. Maybe that's the hotel room I'm supposed to go to. Like room one four three? Yeah, like in that's The Shining. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the blood like gets off four, on eight. The, <laughs> the blood gets off on the fourth floor. Have you had a pink one yet? No, I haven't had a pink one yet. Oh, this one says soulmate. Ooh. <laughs> this, I'm gonna this, break my teeth. Yeah, this one says Miss. I can't read that. It looks like it says oh, Y O Miss Yo. Miss yo. I miss yo. The U's on the next heart over. <laughs> right. So, and because they're made by the Necco Company. I used to call it the Necro Company. Yeah, because they make Necro wafers. I know. Right? Wafers <laughs> of the dead. <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually found these at the same store, and these are the uh, Necco wafers. And they're basically made out of the same stuff. They're like a pressed wafer. 
instead of being cut like a little heart, these are just little, you know, medallions, little discs. They look like yeah. pogs from the nineties. Do you remember <laughs> they're, those? They're too small. They pogs. Yeah. yeah. But uh, hold on. Let's see if I can wait. Break your teeth. Ouch. Mmm. <laughs> that one tastes like crap. <laughs> <laughs> they are not good. <laughs> The, the cinnamon ones, I think all of the these dark gray ones are, like, licorice flavored. Yeah, this one is definitely licorice. And yeah. I'm not a f- fan of, uh, like, hot cinnamon anyway, so I'd rather hot have the... Hot cinnamon. I would much rather have the uh, the licorice flavored ones. Mm-hmm. There are also adult heart-shaped conversation candies. Oh, yeah, sexy ones. Sexy ones. Oh, sexy uh, chalk candies. Because they're, they're so sexy. Anyway, like... <laughs> I know, yeah. Use them in the bedroom or something. Yeah. Like, I'll just <laughs> roll over on it and be like, ow! These are definitely not an aphrodisiac. <laughs> I'm sorry. They're not. So some kind of cool facts about it. Uh, the Neko Company makes more than 8 billion candy hearts every year to keep up with the demand. How many? 8 billion candy hearts. Wow. Every day from late February through mid-January, about 100,000 pounds of conversation hearts are made. The entire amount produced in, during this time sells out in six weeks. Wow. Yeah. In 2010, the first time in 145 years, the company discarded all the sayings for the conversation hearts and created a new line with expressions, uh, with expressions selected by the public. Oh, wow. The most popular new sayings for the conversation hearts are tweet me, text me, you rock, love bug, soul me. And ain't nobody got time for that. (laughs) No, I I wish I had one that said that. And uh, me plus you. Those are really bad. They are kind of bad. Those are not at all like endearing or sweet. And of course you can have uh, custom made candy true, hearts yeah. just kind of like how M- they, they have m&ms now yeah during uh my my wedding we had m&ms mm-hmm. with uh me and my wife's name yeah them. yeah yeah those are tasty a lot of people use these little candy hearts for crafts so they'll take and they'll kind of glue them to like a picture frame or something like that you know what i mean so i would say you with, wouldn't you get ants no 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 you have to you have to like hodgepodge them Mod oh, podge, oh. you have to you have to cover them over. You right, know what I mean? right. Mod, you, you, it's you like mod. It's like Archer. That. It's like Archer. <laughs> oh, is that what you want? Yep. Because that's how you get ants. Yay! Uh, this one here says my ove. My o- my ove. Oh, because the L is missing it's on gone. the side. Yeah, that's awesome. My ove. My ove. Uh, but what I've always wondered: the shape of the heart. Okay, these candy hearts. Mm-hmm. Why don't they look like a human heart? Because they would be bloody, Joe. No, no just the shape uh, of a human heart. No, okay, but it's like the human heart just sort of looks like a ball. Not really. You've I got mean, four distinct. They're just sort of lumpy looking. <laughs> a you little, but you know, you've got the aortic valve, and you've got your diff- your four separate chambers. Well, I was kind of looking into that a little bit, and uh-huh. it kind of kind of happened around like the somewhere between the 14th and the 15th century. Uh, there are, you know, different things dating back to like the 1200s mm-hmm. where, you know, basically that symbol, you know, the heart symbol was used, but it wasn't used as a heart. Right. So, you know, your your basic kind of like little pointy thing with a dent in the top. Yeah. Right. You know, your heart symbol. Mm-hmm. That was actually, you know, kind of that, that was like fig leaves and things like that are okay. in that yeah. same See, shape. That's, what, that's where my brain so, goes. It automatically mm-hmm. goes to the shape of, of a lot of... Uh, 
foliage, mm-hmm. you know, like a leaf. Yeah, and ivy leaves and things like that are yeah. all used as it. And then eventually it kind of became the symbol of a heart. Now, I understand that it's, you know, a little bit different, but, mm. I mean, you know, the human heart, what it actually looks like is just sort of lumpy. And back in those days... It's not lumpy. It's just kind of lumpy. It's just sort of lumpy, and you've got, like, all the valves sticking off of it and everything. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. You know, why would you, why would you make that, you know... Because it's literal. <laughs> You're it's, so literal. It's not a, a Disney-fied, you know, uh, version. Uh, You're saying, I give you my heart. Literally, just here, look, in candy form. Yeah, but, I mean, it just seems like, you know, like the heart meaning, like, love and things mm. like that. Like, you know, for people to have to see a heart back then in, like, the 1500s, <laughs> right, right. they would have literally had to go and rip someone's heart out. Or they would have had, like, you know, the a fainting. Not, not figuratively. No, they, they would have had a fainting spell or, you know, something like that. Yeah. Rather than fall in love with somebody. Yeah. Yeah. I guess so. So, but uh, also, uh, it was kind of neat. It's uh, just a little sidebar that I came across was that uh, in about the, the 15th century, that's also when the heart started being used on uh, playing cards as well. Oh, okay. So, yeah. I, and I'd love to do like a playing card, you know, tarot card, playing card episode mm-hmm. at yeah. some point. I would love to do that. You know, right. I don't know if it's in the cards for this year. Ah, <laughs> nice. But we'll get to that eventually. Okay. So Valentine's Day is not synonymous with the U.S. alone. It is celebrated, or a form of it is celebrated all throughout the world. You've got places like Portugal, which refer to it as Dio dos Namorados, which is Lover's Day. That, well, that's kind of what I, what did, didn't, didn't I call it that at the very beginning? Namorados? Well, no. I was like, oh, it's lovey, lovey day. Lovey, lovey day. day. Yes. Lovey day. Lovey yeah. day. Mm-hmm. Lovey day. It's kind of like Thanksgiving, people calling it Turkey Day. Right, exactly. Or in Taiwan, they celebrate the Kwaizi Festival. It's very similar to the White Day Festival in Japan. In the Philippines, they call it Arwa Nigmaga Puso, which is Hearts Day. Not ripping out your heart day, like Joe apparently wants you to do. I didn't say rip out your heart. I just meant, sh- you know, show it as your actu- as an actual heart. I mean... <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just, it, it, because it's more anatomically correct. Yeah, but I'm saying you have, like, the right side and the left side and the kind of little top, like, butt humps that it has. <laughs> the butt hump. You know what I mean? It makes humps. it sort of look like that. You know <laughs> what your I mean? Heart. It is basically heart-shaped. No! Is, it's... Okay, let me let me see you're your gonna, heart real You're going to put a heart on this episode. Okay. The difference right. between a heart, a, a quote-unquote cartoony Valentine's heart, and a human heart. Totally different. All right, we'll, we'll take a look. Some places even ban festivals or celebrations like Valentine's Day. So if you're in a country lucky enough to have a festival or a celebration that celebrates something as simple as love then good on you it's kind of heart shaped no that's a hand those are hands no that's the hands are heart shaped the heart is not okay. heart shaped all right here's a human heart joe that kind of if you don't have your little aortas sticking at the top that is vaguely heart shaped that is turned sideways look at the look at your actual that's how it sits in your body well yeah sometimes you got to flip it to to see how it looks yeah but if you flip one of these sideways Look, it's a rectangle. Okay. All right. 
You see what I'm saying? I'm just... I'm not... Okay, well, it's also not covered in chalk, like, you know what I mean? Like these other hearts, but... No, those are covered think, in blood. I think a human heart is vaguely <laughs> heart-shaped. <laughs> really vague. <laughs> All right, Joe, so I, I really wanted to end this episode mm. on a down note because it just seems like with all this lovey-dovey you know stuff yeah, going on know. you know what i mean we would talk about a brutal massacre <laughs> that happened sweet uh on valentine's day known mm-hmm. as the saint valentine's day massacre mm-hmm. this of course happened on february 14th 1929 mm-hmm. uh, so basically all during the 20s there were two competing gangs Okay, Uh, during Prohibition that were vying for the place of the number one gang. Okay, Okay. there was uh, Al Capone's gang, the Jets. Sure, let's we can call them the Jets. (laughs) They weren't the Jets. (laughs) And then George Bugs Moran, who was yeah Bugsy, Uh who was the other uh, the other competing gang member. So Capone and Moran, they they really vied for for power, prestige, and money. And they both tried to kill each other lots of times over those couple of years. Right. But in early 1929, Al Capone was living in Miami at the time with his family to escape the, the Chicago's brutal winter. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're just we're not even as far north as them here in Baltimore, and it's yeah. been a pretty brutal winter uh, so far. Yeah. So uh, it was an associate of his, Jack Machine Gun McGurn, visited him and basically said, "Look, you know, uh, he." You know, Bugs attacked me, you know, what not him specifically, but had a hit on him. Okay. Uh, and he said, we got to hit him back. So basically Capone said, okay, I will fund it, you know, gave them money, you mm-hmm. know, for, for guns and different things like that. Right. Uh, and they, McGurn, went out and planned carefully to try and kill Moran's gang. So uh, in a large garage behind the offices of the SMC Cartage Company, and this is at uh, 2122 North Clark Street, he selected gunmen from outside of Chicago area. So oh, okay. basically, you hard know, to trace, hard mm-hmm. to figure, finger yeah. the, 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 the hitman. Exactly. The shooter. Yeah. yeah. So he had a couple of guys and he, he got them from outside of the, uh, outside of the, the city. He brought them in and, uh, you know, just in case there were any survivors of the massacre mm-hmm. that got away, they would, they couldn't say who they were. Right. Know? Exactly. So, uh, so basically, you know, the, 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 the killers that were hired by Capone's gang by McGurn, uh, they set up an apartment near the garage. Uh, also essential to the plan, uh, McGurn acquired a stolen police car and two police uniforms. Mm. Uh, in order to set up Moran, what they did was they contacted Moran on February 13th, the day before Valentine's Day, right. and told Moran that he had obtained a shipment of old log cabin whiskey. It was a hmm. very good liquor for the time. So he was willing to sell it for a reasonable price of $57 a case. And this was in the 20s, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. It's, I mean, a whole case, $57. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it'd be a lot more today. Yeah. Uh, Moran uh, quickly agreed and told the hijacker to meet him at the garage at 10.30 the following morning. Apparently, the ruse worked because uh, the morning of February 14th, 1929, Valentine's Day, uh, they started showing up, his gang. They assembled in the garage, and at 10.30, lookouts recognized a man heading down the garage as Bugs Moran. So, basically, the uh, gunman climbed out of the, a stole they drove up climbed out of the stolen police car mm. and they basically you know did a sting on them oh wow there were uh, five gunmen uh you know but 
some some people say four, some people say five. Okay. So uh, two of the gunmen were dressed in the police uniforms and two were not. And then some people say there was a, another gunman as well. Gotcha. So basically uh, Moran's gang or, you know, Bugsy Moran, mm-hmm. they basically thought they were just having a police bust. Oh, okay. You know, so they, you know, they... You know, they complied, they turned around, they dropped their weapons, right. they put their hands up, they faced against the wall, and basically... All right, coppers. You got me, you got me. Yeah, we don't want no, uh, we don't want no trouble. Yeah, so they uh, they put their hands up, and they were ready to be arrested, you know, mm-hmm. go go through the system right. for a little while, and uh, it turns out the gunman actually opened fire. <laughs> so, yeah, it was, they used two Tommy guns, a sawed-off shotgun, Thompson. and a, and a, and a 45. Gun. Yeah. yeah. So they killed... Uh, all of the members of uh, Moran's gang. It was very fast, very bloody. There were seven victims, and they re- all received at least 15 bullets, mostly Ooh. to the torso and the head. Wow. Yeah, this is why they call it a massacre, Joe. Well, now they're Swiss cheese. Yeah. So uh, the gunmen then left the garage, and they exited. Uh, as they exited, the neighbors heard the rat-a-tat-tat of the machine guns. Uh-huh. They looked out the windows and saw, you know, two armed officers. Mm-hmm. Basically, you know, walking two other civilian dressed guys out to the police car oh. and just thought that they, you know, they were putting these guys away. The subterfuge worked. Yes. So so they basically completely got away with it. Now, here's the problem is that Moran actually escaped harm. The uh, the guy that they saw coming down the street that they thought was Moran was a guy named Frank Guschenberg. He was taken to the hospital, but he died three hours later refusing to name who was responsible. So wow. even though being shot, he still didn't, he wouldn't rat him out. He wasn't going to squeal. Yeah. See? It turns out that Bugs Moran was actually running a few minutes late for the 10.30 a.m. meeting, and he noticed the police car outside the garage, and thinking that it was a police raid, mm-hmm. he stayed completely away from the building. Not today, disco lady. They also have this thing called the blonde alibi, where they basically, you know, they, they were looking for Al Capone, but he had an airtight alibi because he was hanging out in Miami right, at the time. Right. You know, you know, in his summer home, basically. Yeah. Uh, Machine Gun McGurn, his alibi was the blonde alibi, and he had been at a hotel with his blonde girlfriend from 9 p.m. on February 13th till 3 p.m. on February 14th. Mm. Uh, that was his alibi, so they, they could continually call that the blonde alibi. Right, so right. Everything's got some cool names in the nineteen twenties. Oh, yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? But that's kind of it's it kinda of goes back to the the Greeks and the Romans, if you think about it. Mm-hmm. With uh with Cupid. Yeah. Because when he didn't want people to stick together, what would he shoot him with? He'd shoot him with lead arrows. Damn right. Well, or tiny small lead, lead bullets. bullets. Yeah. <laughs> So, 15 at least. <laughs> this is uh, this is one of the first major crimes that scienti- uh, science used ballistics, uh, but you know even though they tried to use the ballistics, they mm. it was never it was no one was ever convicted of the Saint Valentine's Day massacre. The police never had enough evidence to convict Al Capone, nor uh, Machine Gun McGurn, or any of the other any of the other you know gunmen. Suspects. Yeah. Wow. Uh, one of the things of note also is that the St. Valentine's Day massacre brought Capone to the attention of the federal government Ooh. and the fact that he was, you know, he was definitely involved. They knew he was involved, but right. they, they just couldn't pin it. He couldn't. Can't pin it on him. <laughs> right. Know? Yeah. See, you can't pin it on me. <laughs> Come on. So he, he became kind of a national celebrity after this. Right. But they couldn't tie him physically 
to that crime, just they knew he was involved. Yeah. Right. And then, of course, you know, eventually, you know, he got the STD and went to prison and everything else. Like for, you do. For, for tax evasion, of course. Right. You know, but but anyway, that's a, that's a whole different podcast. Mm-hmm. So, guys, go out. Ladies, go out. Get yourself a sweetheart. If you already have one, great. Have a nice dinner. Maybe you can, uh, uh, you know, also... There's uh, certain people that get together and have anti-Valentine's Day parties. Very true. Yeah. And they just are singles that hang out and have mm-hmm. a good time together and do whatever. Yeah. And uh, I-, I believe uh, there's a group called Single Awareness uh, okay. single, uh, single Awareness Day, nice. they call it, instead of Valentine's Day. Right. And they all get together. They have different events. I like, I like the fact that Singles Awareness Day spells out S-A-D, sad. I know. It's, <laughs> it's <just> so <laughs> great. Uh, so, yeah, people, celebrate every day as, and, as Valentine's Day. And or if, your sad uh, day. Yeah, or your sad day. Yeah. And send yourself some flowers. Yeah. You know? Yeah, maybe some, uh, some pink roses. Yeah. And or, uh, if not, then uh, just go back to the archives and you can listen to some curiosos to make you feel better. That's right. Stop being sad. Thank you for listening to the Curioso Podcast. You can tweet us at Curioso Podcast. You can email us feedback at thecurioso.com. You can Facebook us, facebook.com backslash thecurioso podcast. Check out our merchandise on zazzle.com backslash curioso podcast. You can also check out our videos, youtube.com backslash curioso podcast. On the left-hand side of thecurioso.com, you can help support the show by clicking on our donate link. And if you're a real Curioso, we need you to go on and give us a great five-star review on iTunes. It will help us get more listeners, and it'll make you feel good about yourself. Necro Wafers! Wafers of the dead. Oh, God. It's, it's so licorice And hard and crunchy and hurdy. Oh. <laughs>